Welcome to the Life After Sugar podcast. The podcast that's not just about sugar, but about your relationship with it and also with food and especially with yourself. So if you want to discover your life after sugar and hear inspiring stories from all kinds of people who also cut out sugar in their way, at their pace, for their own reasons, this is the podcast for you. Because you know, when you take away the sugar, you can finally discover the real sweetness in your life. I'm your host, Netta Gorman. And if cutting sugar isn't difficult enough to imagine, think about what it would be like when you already have a set of dietary rules, like for my guest today, Zippy Levne, who's Jewish and who eats kosher. And this presents a whole other challenge, not just for her, but now for the people that she's helping. It's amazing the ripple effect that sugar and flour as well have on our daily lives. For example, bread. It's our daily bread, right? It's the basis of our diet, of our food pyramids or healthy plate or whatever it is that is used in your country. And it's also in the Bible. So what do you do when eating flour-based products like bread or in Sippy's case also matzah at Passover? What do you do when those types of foods can be a trigger for you just like sugar can be? And of course, those who know me a little bit and have been listening to other episodes of this podcast know that I'm not saying that bread or any other food for that matter is bad. But the fact is that for some people, and Zippy is an example, any type of foods with sugar or any type of starchy food like bread is a trigger for them. They can't just eat one small piece. It makes them behave in a way where they feel that they just can't stop. And this is what we talked about in our chat. So here it is. So I'm talking today with Zippy Livne who is based in Israel. And Tippi, can you tell me a little bit about your life and what it looked like when you were growing up and still, I assume, con consuming sugar and flour? Yeah, so hi, Netta. Thank you so much for inviting me today. Um, I think for when, when it comes to like sugar consumption, um, as far back as I can remember, and even before that, the stories that my mom and my sister and brother, older sister and brother tell me, I was, I think I was born with that, you know, fatal attraction to sugar. It, it, whenever we got sweet, there was no amount of sugar that could, you know, that was enough for me. I had to finish whatever there was and I always wanted more. And my brother and sister say they never wanted to hold my hand when I was little because I, they, they called them Sippy's jam hands. Like obviously my hands were always sticky. So it seems that I always loved, and I wasn't, I wasn't a fat child I um, because there wasn't a lot of junk food in the house. Um, my mother did not keep junk food in the house, which at the time I thought that I had a deprived childhood. But today I know that she really saved me from being fat. And um, but but I always loved sugar and I couldn't pass like, you know, a store without thinking, you know, what's shiny and crackly that they can, you know, what that they have to sell to me. Um, but I think that my true addiction really took off only after I moved to Israel and I got married and started having children. And 
all of a sudden that, you know, that I like junk food sort of became that I would like go to the, I, we, I was a nurse on the kibbutz, right? So like I would go to the store there and buy things like as if for the guests, the guests never saw it, they never tasted it. <laughs> I would eat it all up and then I would go and buy some more. And it started turning into binges and the binges started becoming more often. And then when I was I really at the height of my addiction, I was 15 kilos more than today, which in pounds would be about 40 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I'm short, you know, so that was like, I was really heavy already. The doctor said I had to lose weight. I was a nurse. I cared about nutrition. I knew a lot about nutrition. And I knew the caloric value of every chocolate bar and bag of Doritos that I put in my mouth. And I just couldn't stop. I couldn't control. I, I never felt hungry. I never felt full. All I felt was like I constantly have to eat and I have to put something in my mouth. Like that's all. And I that by then I was eating everything. Like I, I would sit down to a meal and eat, you know, you know, like here this there's the draft is compulsory, right? So it's like soldiers like a soldier coming back for like basic training, like that's how much I would eat at a meal. And then I would snack in between meals. It was just this constant this constant obsession, need, and and for me, like, you know, on the outside, I was this successful woman. I had a great job. I had a, you know, good marriage, kids, whatever it is. But on the inside, I really hated myself because I was a failure at the one thing that I wanted most, and that was to lose weight, right? And, and I just couldn't. And it really was a terrible suffering, I have to say. Yeah, that's that's really tough because as you know, a lot of people feel like failures in weight loss or kind of any kind of health issue like that. And then you've got that added layer of having having your background or your education as a nurse. It's like, were you telling yourself you should know better or you should do absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But you know what? Even the people who are not, first of all, I have clients who are doctors and nurses and di- and even naturopaths. Like I have a client, she studied naturopathy. You know, I, a lot of my clients say to me, the problem is not the knowledge. I know what to do. The problem is applying that knowledge and actually, you know, doing it. But, you know, for me, it was very confused. Like I thought that something is seriously wrong with me because I can't, because I know so much and I care so much and I want to eat healthy so badly and I'm doing exactly the opposite. And it just really, it definitely, you know, really harmed my self-esteem. And, and I said, and the truth is I have no pictures from then full body length, only chest up. I had no mirrors. I had no full body length mirrors in my home. I was so ashamed of myself and my body. I didn't even want to look at it. I just couldn't. And um, it and and that's why I you know I really know the anguish that this that this can cause. And and it, it's really it's hard. It's hard to live that way. It yeah. really is. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I totally get that. So how did you get out of this whole situation? Yeah, so um, I met this woman who was heavier than me, but she had told me that she had lost 20 kilos by treating her overeating as an addiction. And when she said that, it was like somebody turned a light bulb on in my head. It was like, oh my gosh, that's me. I'm a junk food junkie, right? I'm addicted. Food is my, that's my addiction. I eat the way, you know, the way 
drug addicts use drugs. And once I realized that this is my problem, I started looking for the solution in that area. So at the beginning, I went to some group therapy, with, but it was more like emotional eating and it didn't really help. But then I went to a 12-step program. And at the 12-step program, I, for the first time in my life, um, uh, first of all, I started abstaining completely from sugar and then flour, white flour. And then, you know, eventually the more I learned on a scientific level about sugar addiction and food addiction. So my abstinence, of course, my own personal recovery and the foods that I chose to eat and chose not to eat and realized were addictive and not addictive changed. But basically, I began abstaining from the foods that I'm addicted to. And for the first time in my life, I started losing weight and I wasn't on a diet, you know, like I was eating well. And and also the 12 steps was definitely a program that for me saved. It, it changed me. It made me into a different person. Um, yeah. The food to the food together with the 12 step program. Um, but I would and I also was sponsoring and I helped a lot of people, you know, in their recovery and to start abstaining from their, what, you know, their uh, compulsive overeating. But what I saw was that, first of all, there were a lot of people who weren't managing to really get into long-term recovery. And the other turn thing that I saw was that there were some people who came and definitely bought into the idea that food can be addictive, sugar is, a, is an addiction, but they didn't connect to the 12-step program per se. And I said to myself, like, is that it? Like anybody who doesn't do well in a 12-step program, there's like nothing else for them? And I said, like, why aren't there professionals who treat food addiction or sugar addiction the same way there are professionals who treat drug addiction and alcohol addiction. And that's when I started researching it on a professional level. By this time, I was working in the pharmaceutical industry in marketing. I had moved away from nursing. And so I knew how to research and I knew how to read scientific articles. And, um, and it just blew my mind. Like it, the information that I got on a research level and on a scientific level. Well, that brought my own personal recovery to a whole new level. And also it really, you know, I began to, re at the time there was, was no official training for food addiction counseling. Today, there's, you know, there's two really great programs you can get certified. I did, you know, I, I got certified by the um, European um, board and um, certification board. But at that time, there was nothing by when I first started researching this. So I started self-learning. I joined the Food Addiction Institute, which is a, um, and, and sit on their executive board till today, which is a, um, is an organization to help, you know, educate and spread the word that there is, there is this thing called food addiction and to help people who are suffering and also professionals learn about it. And I started traveling the world to, meet and learn from the people who are doing this as a profession, like who are professionally treating food addiction. And um, and I'm happy to say that, you know, the universe <laughs> moved in such a way that three years ago, I decided to leave the pharmaceutical industry and, um, and started working really full time. I opened a program for um, sugar detox and food addiction and I do group therapy, private therapy, couples therapy, 
Um, and wow. that's what I do now. That now I dedicate all my time to that. Really amazing, amazing. And that is quite a move from being a nurse to being in marketing for the pharmaceutical industry. I won't go into the irony of that in relation <laughs> to food addiction. <laughs> Let's not go there. Um, and then and now helping people with a 12-step program or do you do an alternative to a 12-step program so i do an i do an alternative basically um, my program is more on education about food addiction like profession like you know scientific education um and and getting learning how to how to abstain from sugar flour other addictive foods how to build your own food plan that suits you right and yeah. start eating real food you know and start eating and 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 to give the tools and for i do teach people about the 12 steps and that there is such a thing but i think that the 12 steps works very well as a peer-to-peer -peer support group and i very much support my clients to go there and try it um but my my program is more ba science-based and um just like Let's do the initial detox in a smart, easy, you know, systematic way so that it'll, you, you have the best chances of success, right? I'm going to teach you about sugar addiction, how to, you know, give lots of tools and strategies, how to change that mindset from a diet mentality to like a way of life, which is one of the main focuses of my program. Yeah. And, uh, and just, you know, and just give life, life tools and life strategies, how to live free, sugar free, because yeah. it really is freedom. That's, okay. it's funny because some people say like, what? Completely going off sugar and flour, that's extreme. And how can you do it? And I think it's too hard. And what people don't understand is once you do it, you understand how it's so much easier than okay. trying to eat everything in moderation. Yes, and it's, it's so it's so difficult to imagine before you've actually had the experience because, you know, from from the outside looking in, it seems like it is the most joyless, boring, dull kind of way to live. And here we are, you and me and many of us, proving the exact opposite. It really is the exact opposite because for many people, they don't realize it until they actually go off the sugar, is that sugar changes the way you feel physically emotionally mentally spiritually it really there are certain i don't think it's for everyone that means it's everybody's like that but i know that there are people and i'm certainly one of them what really really changes how you feel and your mood i'll give a great example okay because before i went off sugar i was a kind of nervous type of mother i had little kids and once in a while i would fly off the handle and like really lose it and scream at them. And I don't know what I was like, it was like, I felt like there was this like volcano inside of me that once in a while I couldn't help it and it would erupt. And after I went off sugar, I all of a sudden realized one day that it had been months since I had flown off the handle and like had this screaming fit at my kids. And I realized that it was the sugar that had made me like very nervous and anxious and and today i really can like even I, I don't eat fruit anymore because i'm so um i'm so sensitive to the the way that sugar changes my mood 
that I've already stopped eating fruit because I realize like that's what it, but I also, I only have to take, I'm very sensitive to that now. I only have to take, but at the time that was like a, a, a such an aha moment that I realized that sugar changed who I was, like the person, my personality. I became a different person when I got off the sugar, I was happier, calmer, like, so it, it is so worth it, right? <laughs> like, what, what I gained so much more than I gave up. So, and, and I see it happening again and again on the clients that I work with. Amazing. And it's an easy way to lose weight, but, but it's the other, but that's when, when you go off the sugar, you realize how, how secondary the weight is. That it's just like, it just makes you feel, you feel so much better. And I, I, I enjoy my food more. I, I, have such a healthier and better relationship with food today than I did. And that's part, that's a really big focus on my program is changing the relationship people have with food. Ah, yes, the relationship that we have with food and more specifically with sugar. That's something that you may have not thought about before. Your relationship with sugar, how you see it, what it means to you how you use it, when you reach out for it. These are all things that we get into in detail in the After Sugar Club. The After Sugar Club is a safe place where you can really delve deep into your relationship with sugar so that you can break free from it without feeling overwhelmed about where to start, how to go about it and how to live your life sugar-free day in, day out with ease and confidence. It really is possible. I mean, I've been doing it for over six years and I can guide you so that you discover your life after sugar. In other words, what it's like to live free from the hold that sugar has on you, free from the physical, emotional and psychological effects that sugar has on you and getting to a place where you don't even want need or like sugar anymore. If you're curious to see what's inside the After Sugar Club, then go to aftersugarclub.com forward slash club. You can surf around there, have a sneak peek inside and see whether the ongoing support and accountability that's offered in the club, including the support calls, is something that's a good fit for you. And you can also surf around my website aftersugarclub.com and click on the tab what to eat to watch the videos there about what foods don't contain sugar, what to buy at the grocery store and also what's the deal with fermented foods because I talk about fermented foods and gut health a lot but what does that have to do with sugar? And whether you're just starting out on your sugar-free journey or you're already eating healthy, but sugar's kind of like your last frontier, or you're an intermittent faster, and you realize that, well, sugar's stopping you from living the easy, natural fasting lifestyle that you're looking for, then you should download my five tips to help get rid of cravings on my website, aftersugarclub.com. You can also come say hi on my Facebook page, Life After Sugar, as well as on my Instagram account at My Life After Sugar, where I post pictures of what I do, what I eat, you know, 
Instagram stuff so that you can see that it's totally possible to live a fun and active life even when you don't eat sugar. And come and subscribe to the Life After Sugar YouTube channel, which I just started in 2022 and which has a growing library of short videos to give you inspiration like sugar-free recipes, tips for living happily sugar-free and inspiring interviews. That's on the Life After Sugar YouTube channel. All right, let's get back to my chat with Sippy. You and I totally meet there, I mean, and, and all sorts of other ways as well, but that is like the heart of the matter is changing your relationship with food and by association with yourself. Mm, absolutely. Well, food is the basics, isn't it? Totally. And so one of the sort of uh, challenges, I, maybe it's not a challenge, you tell me, is that you're based in Israel and you're, you, you, do you eat kosher? So, yes, I come from an Orthodox home. I still have, you know, I still live a traditional Jewish life. And this is one of my favorite subjects because I do, you know, I do, my program is in Hebrew. My group program is Hebrew. I do work with individual clients in English as well. But as we speak now in October, the end of October 2021, um, I will very soon be launching a English Facebook club which is really dedicated for people who are want to live sugar-free want to live and they are jewish traditional because i don't you must have heard that joke right they say like what's the seven seven words to describe any jewish holiday is they tried to kill us we won let's eat (laughs) it's like jewish tradition is so food is so much a part of jewish tradition and the jewish religion even there are religious laws pertaining to food like no other religion that I know of, not just what's kosher and what's not kosher, but even within the holidays themselves, part of the ceremonies have to do with eating bread. What do you do then? Matzah, like that's eaten on Passover at the Seder, is a very, very important part of the religious rite of the Passover Seder. What do you do? Like, do you eat matzah or do you not eat matzah? Matzah is made with flour. It's not matzah if it's not made with flour. These are special, special challenges that people who are Jewish traditional um, really have to deal with. And there are solutions and there are workarounds, but you have to know them. And this is really one of my specialties that I love doing, you know, is like helping people who, who are, you know, who live a Jewish traditional life to help them with the special challenges that are, and I, I'm, I know that it's not exclusive to Jewish tradition. There are many, um, many cultures and, and traditions in Mideastern cultures and Islam, right? There's the wafer in Catholic churches, right? There are many, many, there's many cultures and traditions that food is a very integral part of it. And we don't, we don't want to separate ourselves from society. We want to live with right with we want to live our sugar-free life with our family and our tradition and our way of life and that's uh, and it's i think it's a very doable thing but it takes a lot of practice and individualization and um and many times it's good to learn from people who have experience in that field so that's where i really bring a certain specialty i think that is unique yes yes i can imagine can you give us an idea or an example of how you would 
do that workaround? Like, what is matzah without flour? <laughs> like, how do you do that? Right. So, for example, I really abstain from all sugar and flour. But once a year at the Seder, I do. I buy a very specific matzah that's like organic and oat flour. But yes, I do. I made a decision with myself and my God. And, and you know, I discussed it with my rabbi as well. That I decided that I'm going to give it a try and use a very specific product. And at the Seder, once a year, I do eat flour. I eat like I don't, and it, I'm okay with it. I manage with it. I have another friend, though, who she tried every single organic, you know, whatever, low gluten, no gluten, whatever. She tried it. And like she finished the whole box of matzah, you know, like in one sitting. So she discussed it with her rabbi and decided that at the Seder, she doesn't eat matzah. You know, she, she's, she, it's, it's just too dangerous for her. And so these are the individual workarounds you can do. Or for example, um, you, you, bread is a very important part of festive meals, a festive meals like wine and bread. You can work, you can get around the wine. The bread's a little harder, but there are ways to like sort of eat bread without eating bread <laughs> and um these are you know there are recipes there are ways to you know things to do that we're and it's a really a very individual thing and yeah. sometimes it's a matter of trial and error as well and it's also a matter of um you know where where you feel there's risk and where you feel you know like a risk benefit you know that always like am i risking more than i will gain. So this is a this is something that's very individual. And I, I have an, another friend I know who's Catholic who she, you know, who I, I know Catholics who don't eat the way who are who don't eat sugar and flour. They don't eat the wafer at, at church. And there are those who eat gluten free wafers. And there are those who say that little wafer it, it doesn't do anything to me and it's okay. What's really, really important, this is one of the things that I teach in my program is that once you start abstaining from the addictive foods like sugar and flour, and you start eating real food, your body talks back to you. And it tells you what's right for it and what's not. If it's low carb or not low carb or vegan or, you know, or whatever it is, your body will say if it's what's good for it or not. And I believe that that's also true when it comes to the, you know, the cultural food events right that happen that you you if you learn if you get off the addictive junk and you learn to listen to that inner voice you'll know you'll know what's the right thing for you and what isn't yes and that's really difficult for a lot of us when we first get off all the processed foods because those very processed foods hijacked our brain and our ability to listen to what our body is telling us it's like you know it's telling someone, well, listen, and they're like, well, I can't hear anything. Yeah. No, when, when you're, you know, when, when people are using food like a drug, right, they can't hear anything. I say it basically, it basically robs you from the power of choice, right? You don't have a choice to eat or not to eat. The craving and the, the urges will, will be so bad that you can't control it. You have to pick up. I, I remember when I was in the sugar, like somebody said to me, maybe go a week without sugar. I said, you go a week without sugar. One day without sugar, like that's like, in, put me in the psychiatric ward. I'll go crazy, yeah. you know, but when you, when you go off, 
and you do it in the right way, in the proper way, right? When you go off and you do it in the right way, then what happens is what my mentor Beaton calls chemical repair, right? Your The biochemistry in your brain and in your body repairs itself. Your body knows how to heal itself, but you have to give it the right, you have to give it its medicine. The body needs, the medicine that the body needs is not pills and injections or surgery. What the body needs is the right foods. And that's with no prescription, no side effects, right? It's cheap. You can get it in your grocery store. Worst comes to worst at a nature food, natural food store. But it's basically when you use your food to heal yourself, right? Then your body will talk back to you. Then you, you will hear. You will be able to listen and you will, your, your, first of all, your brain fog will go away and you have a clear thinking system and your body will also start reacting the way it should be reacting to, you know, in a natural, healthy way to natural, healthy food. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, that was my experience and many other people have experienced that as well with real foods. It's just that sort of switch over period you know that and or before you begin like I was like you you know what do you mean stop eating chocolate what's wrong with you (laughs) (laughs) it's like what are you doing to me and until you actually do it you can't imagine what it's like yeah and you have to get through those two three four weeks of like you know of the detox and then it's really really important to have a support system Because sometimes, you know, some people go through it very easily. Some people, it's not so easy. And also, if you're prepared and you know what to expect and you have the solutions for those, you know, those bumps in the road that happen along the way, so then it makes it so much easier and so much more attainable. So, And the support system, as you say, you know, that is the main thing. I mean, did you have support when you first stopped eating sugar and flour? Well, I was in a 12-step program, so I had a lot of support, right? I had a sponsor and I, you know, and like I said, some people want professional support. Some people peer-to-peer support is wonderful for them. I have a lot of my clients who once, first of all, I have a support group, you know, that for after the program, for the alumni of my programs, um, we have a weekly support group. But also a lot of, a lot of my clients will like pair up and be like food buddies and support each other or become accountability buddies like for each other, which is a wonderful thing. Some people, their family is their support system, which is great. You know, if there's some people have friends, it doesn't matter, but it's really something that's hard to do on your own. Yeah. Um, I think long-term and certainly in the first phases, it's important to know what to expect and what you're up against and how, you know, if this happens, you can do this. And if that happens, you can do that, you know, and, and, um, and, and that's really my group program, for example, really focuses on like getting you through the first detox and changing that mindset, changing that, that like it's a project that will begin and end, but rather let's start talking about living, right, in a healthy way, like eat a way of life, that part of that way of life is eating in a way that, that you know, that is, that is nutritious and gives my body and my soul the energy that it needs to live a good life, right? Beautifully, beautifully said, yes. So if people want to um, get to your program in Hebrew and to your group in English, is that right? Yes. How do they get in touch with you? Well, I um, 
my English website is uh, being under construction now, but maybe by the time this podcast is broadcast, I'm sure it will be up and running. Um, so you can find me zippylivne.com. Um, that's my website. I have a Facebook page called GPS to Sugar Free. That's the name of my program. GPS to Sugar Free. Zippy Leave Ned, GPS to Sugar Free. Um, I also um, have the, the English Facebook group is a private group. So you have to be in touch with me in order to join it. And it's a for pay club, but it's not, it's really just a nominal sum. Um, so anybody who is kosher, traditional, and wants to join our Kosher Sugar-Free Life Support Club, um, please reach out to me. I'm on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Um, so I'd be very happy to be in touch with you. Great. I'll put the link with the show notes here with the episode so people can Excellent. get in touch with you. That's fantastic and so brilliant that you're speaking to a specific group of you know Jewish traditional kosher you know you're not excluding everyone else but it's like that you that is a specific kind of group of people who have their specific challenges with sugar and flour absolutely yes but of course I am open to all clients um and um and uh, but as you said this is my expertise and um and I do it in Hebrew and in English so yeah and Netas, the you know, thank you so much for inviting me. Um, You're very welcome. Yeah, and uh, it's amazing. I'm I'm so happy to see you know when I started doing this like ten years ago when I started, they, they, we were very few people who were really doing it on a on a professional like besides twelve step programs, there was not very much out there on a professional. It's so gratifying to see more and more people dedicating their time and their you know their professionalism to helping others get free because this is a serious addiction it can cause some serious diseases and some serious suffering and on the other hand i know firsthand and also from the hundreds of clients that i've helped over the years how gratifying and how how wonderful life can be when you're sugar free and so i salute you for joining in uh, in our uh, in this effort to helping people in this so important you know it's so important especially today in our day and age so oh beautiful yes t t really it's like we all have our different voice right in this space but the message is the same you know get rid of sugar and flour eat real food and feel wonderful <laughs> exactly <laughs> i always uh, like to um quote i you know robert dr robert lustig and mike collins talk about this a lot that we have to stop thinking about the different nutritional um philosophies you know if, if vegan is the best or keto is the best or something in the middle is the mid-eastern is best what you like what and that, that that's we also have, have to talk a lot more about what we have in common rather than where the differences are because what we all have in common is severely limit or go completely off sugar flour white flour and processed foods eat real food and then you'll know you'll know what's good for you so i i think that that's so right that we really have to share that commonality and 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 really go from there you know so I'm yeah. with you on that, Netta, absolutely. Oh, 
so great to be in the same group as you. And this group is getting bigger. I'm not just talking about your Facebook group, you know, this whole group of people that, you know, are taking their power back over sugar and flour and over their own food, their own health. It's wonderful to see. And, you know, in a way, I think each individual can become their own expert in their own life and way of eating. Absolutely. And there, there's so much information now out there that you can learn about. And absolutely, you can definitely, you know, this is something that there's lots of books been written now. And it's something that's being talked about a lot, a lot more now, the harms of hyper-processed foods and the addictive qualities of these hyper-processed sugary, starchy foods. Um, I really, I always tell my clients and I tell everybody, educate yourself about sugar you know, learn to read a, a food label, learn to recognize the hidden sugars in foods because people eat a lot more than they think when they're not properly educated about it. And um, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, so great that you're, you're here to educate people, you know, in your way and myself in another way and all the others in their way. It's just, I'm just so happy that this is going on right now because it wasn't when you started out and it certainly wasn't when I started out. So more power to us. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for talking to me today. It's wonderful. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Bye-bye, Netta. Bye. It's really fascinating for me to talk to someone who knows from the inside what food addiction and especially sugar addiction is all about because she's lived it. And even though you may not identify as a food addict or a sugar addict, because I certainly didn't and I still don't today, I think it's really important for us to know that this type of dependency on these types of foods is a real thing. It's not an exaggeration. It's not a sign of weakness or lack of personal willpower. It's not a question of pulling your socks up or just trying to eat healthy. These foods are engineered to make us crave them. And some people are more susceptible to what these foods do to their brains and their bodies. And many, many people out there really need someone who understands food addiction and has the skills to offer a diagnosis, treatment and the tools to help you. Not everybody who has trouble giving up sugar is necessarily a food addict or a sugar addict. And I think it's important to distinguish between the two because the approach to help people is really different depending on their situation. Some people need a much more structured approach based on the diagnostic criteria for harmful use or pathological use and addiction. And what Sippy offers is perfect for that. That approach could be for you. Whereas the approach of life after sugar is different. Yes, it's based on support and guidance and encouragement to help you transform your relationship with sugar, to know what to eat, to know what to buy at the grocery store, to make your intermittent fasting lifestyle easy and natural, to learn how to develop other forms of self-care that don't include sugar, and also how to look after your gut health by learning to make your own fermented foods and drinks. Some people find their freedom with set guidelines like Zippy Gives and others like me and maybe like you 
Find their freedom not from breaking the rules, but from making your own rules. And finding what's best for you, with a little bit of guidance, of course, which is what I'm here for. So if that sounds like a good fit for you, come on over to AfterSugarClub.com and click on the green button, Join the Club, to join us in our membership, the After Sugar Club. And if you're enjoying this podcast and it's inspiring you, then please rate it and scroll down and leave a review and let me know the positive impact that it's having on your life after sugar. And don't forget to subscribe so that the podcast appears magically in your podcast player every Sunday. Thank you for listening. That's it for this week. Keep in touch and see you soon for another episode.